everyone i'm lisa and i'm dawn and this is i hate it let's watch it where we watch those we love and then rip them apart oh boy are we gonna rip this one apart because <laughs> yeah i took notes because i i wanted to be able to rip it apart in the most effective way possible so i had to organize my thoughts so that the ripping could occur in a logical structured manner so i i totally get that i last night had texted you like I think this is going to be another no notes scenario but then the whole episode was so confusing that I needed I literally just needed to break the characters down and their stupid fucking names I needed to remember who whose name was who in what time period and it was also stupid that I like I'm writing it all down and I'm like this is so dumb I hate this like I'm just like smashing right, my like, keyboard we don't need this <laughs> we don't need this information later so right exactly but to talk about it tonight, we do need it, so. Yes, and to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. With Nana Rose finally on her deathbed, Cheryl summons fellow spellcaster Sabrina Spellman to help her perform a transference ritual that will see Nana Rose safely to the afterlife. Or will it? After bouncing back and forth in time throughout Blossom family history, we come to learn that Cheryl Blossom is not really Cheryl after all. She's actually Abigail Blossom, who was cursed with a lonely eternal life by an evil warlock back in 1892, and the transference spell is actually a body swap ritual to allow Abigail's soul to finally transcend to the afterlife. In exchange, Nana Rose, who we're now supposed to call Roseanne, I guess, gets to occupy Abigail's younger body and has a second chance at reliving her youth. Nana Rose is definitely getting the better end of this deal. All this information gets dumped on us in the final five minutes of the episode and we spent the rest of the time gallivanting through Abigail's depressing life story and suffering through unnatural old-timey dialogue and wildly stupid alter egos for our familiar Riverdale favorites. Pretty sure none of it was important. Next week we'll put an end to all this madness. Can you tell we're ready for it? Okay, should we start from the beginning? Uh, I mean... What is the beginning? Because we jump all over the place in this episode. Right. Well, the beginning, it's Cheryl wakes up, but then 65 years ago, Poppy Blossom wakes up. <laughs> po- uh, excuse me, Poppy Seed Blossom? Oh, yes, Poppy Seed. Please use her and full name. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1892, Abigail Blossom opens her eyes to meet the day. So we're working with three Cheryls here, and that's what I like to call it, just three Cheryls, because... Oh, interesting, because I started, when I was doing my notes, I started calling, I started calling her the vessel, because, like, she's, because, like, she's not really any of them, (laughs) so, like, I just kept calling her the vessel, because... true, she isn't. I think she's, she's Abigail the most, but she, I couldn't when I was talking about her as like a host for these, for this soul, I didn't know what to call her. So I was just like, you know, that thing that holds the soul, (laughs) the vessel. (laughs) She transports things. We're getting ahead of ourselves. but We really are. And, you know, the background of why Cheryl is me. Well, sorry. No, no, don't apologize. It's not your fault. (laughs) So we get the scene where we're at, where it's present day in River Vale. And, you know, Cheryl is teaching. Right? Leading a class. Yes, <laughs> class of minions. I don't know. Minions. And, yeah. And then she's like, you know, Nana Rose is really not doing well. Like she's literally on her deathbed. And I'm going to have, like, I'm going to do something to help her 
ease into the afterlife. And the only reason it has to be tonight is because <laughs> Bailey's comet <laughs> is coming and it happens every 65 years, which is coincidentally the time periods that I yeah. just brought up I had, before. I did go confirm that math because I was convinced that they were going to fuck that up in some way, shape or form. And I guess technically, I mean, 1957 is the... Yes. Is the middle time. Yeah. And so like 65 years from that is 2022, which it is not yet. So like, if we want to nitpick, I can nitpick like that. (laughs) But (laughs) I was like, I was definitely expecting to find some inconsistency there. The other thing that I can point out about the timing is that with um, Haley's comment, which is this, which this is clearly uh, spoofed on is 75 years between visits. So It's since it's not, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to be a direct reference and they just obviously manipulated it to suit their needs. But if you're going to rip it off with the name, like why not just keep the 75 years? Like would it really have been that disruptive to what this episode was? Probably not, but whatever. That's just, that's just a little aside that doesn't matter. Like a lot of things we're about to discuss. (laughs) So yeah, this spell, a spell has to be performed. And we do obviously find out later that Sabrina Spellman comes to assist. And we'll get into that whole scenario later because that was the most confusing part of the entire... It was the only part that really mattered. <laughs> it is the only part that really mattered. And then there's a part where I'm super confused about, though. I would love to make the argument that um, we didn't even need Poppy. Poppy's whole story in the middle there, we didn't need. True, but I think they were trying to show us the whole she's like a witch scenario. That every 65 years, Abigail is a witch of some sort and a lesbian. Right. Well, okay, so that makes more sense to me, <laughs> knowing that Abigail is the soul in the vessel the whole time. Because yeah. if she was a lesbian to begin with, then obviously Poppy would be the le- a lesbian because it's still Abigail, but now her name is mm-hmm. Poppy. And then it's still Cheryl, but it's Abigail. So... Like, that makes more sense now. I thought that they were trying to tell us that, like, there were just lesbians all over the Blossom family tree. And it's just like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? How genetic. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. So I found that pretty wild at first. But then I was like, okay, it makes sense if it's literally the same person just inhabiting different personas right. over time. But sorry to throw you off your track. I feel like no, you have, like, no. I feel like you have, like, a very logical uh, path you're trying to go on here. And I'm just like, yeah, no, years. no, it's not. <laughs> Please, it's not logical by any means. I'm just trying to mentally organize Organize. what I wrote down because at this point, it's like, what's really relevant and what's not? Do you want to throw something at me? Throw something? Ooh, okay. Uh, Let me see what I can throw at you. (laughs) Well, I mean, we don't want to get into the end yet, do we? No, no. Okay, okay, okay. So you want to break it down by time period? Oh my God, that's how I did my notes. Well, so, I didn't do it that way, but I just figured it'd be easier <laughs> yeah. to just talk about 1957 and then just talk about 1892 or whatever yes. order you want to do. Um, well, I did. Uh, let's do the 50s first, because 18, 1892, I think, flows pretty um, well into uh, the present day. Like that's right. those are the stories that connect the most. And 1957 is just kind of fucking weird. So yeah. um, here's how I did my notes. So I have the header is 1957 and then cast of characters is my next line. And then we have Poppy Seed, who is Cheryl, mm-hmm. Bitsy, 
Bitsy, Bitsy, who is Betty, Tammy, who is Tabitha, Jack, who is Jughead, Kirk Keller, who is Kevin, Velma, who is Veronica, and then Alice. I didn't catch her pseudonym. She was present. Elena. Elena. When did they say that? I don't remember specifically hearing it, but when I was doing my little refresh on the Riverdale wiki page, they mentioned oh. it. Okay. And that was the only person I didn't recognize. So I figured it was the Alice name. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. It is close to Alice. Not that it matters. Not that it matters. So uh, then I just have a little uh, paragraph here, general plot. Mm -hmm. So Poppy holds these regular salons for the women of Riverdale to come and socialize and discuss many unladylike topics, such as Lady Chatterley's lover and science. Uh, you know, like the comet and shit. And then like right. communism is a big theme here. They're like talking about who is being investigated. Wendy Weatherby was just uh, picked up for, for being a communist sympathizer. Yeah. Conspiracy theories, the whole nine. Yeah. Fun time period in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, Poppy has sort of established herself as like a witch type. Yeah person there's a lot of she has a lot of tricks up her sleeve she's providing a lot of herbal solutions to marital issues <laughs> yeah tammy comes to her and says her husband won't let her work in the diner cheryl's idea is to then poison him for a day so <laughs> so that she can run the diner which i just feel like is a little drastic but like for one day like yeah right like, yeah run the diner for a day she can prove herself. Like, I, I see, like, that's the part I don't get. Like, why would that be? If he's he... sick and at home, he's not going to see you doing a good job. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you didn't burn the place down for the 24 hours that I was homesick. Like, okay, promotion. So I don't know how that was supposed to work, but fine, whatever she does that. And then Bitsy comes to her. I just fucking hate the name Bitsy so much. Yeah. It hurts me to say it. So she comes and says she's not happy in her marriage to Jack and Jack wants to have more kids and she doesn't think that's a good idea. I guess, you know, the first time I watched it, I got the impression that she lost her first pregnancy, but then we saw her later with a baby in Pops. So I guess it was just a difficult pregnancy. Do you remember what she, when she said that? I don't. Well, I remember when she said that, but I don't remember seeing her in Pops with the baby. Yeah, that was when Poppy came after all the men went and told her to get the hell out of town. And she came and ate and they were all like staring at her. But she had a little baby. She she had a little like toddler girl. Okay. So I think that they must have had that child. It's just the way that she had said it. She said like, you know, how difficult that was for me, like the first pregnancy, which Mm. I guess, you know okay she had a difficult pregnancy but then we know that she just lost uh, Archie's baby so I thought maybe it was like connected to that right but none of this is connected so I don't know so anyway Poppy gives her birth control and then you know what I actually didn't even notice this the first time I watched it because I think we were texting and I was like really annoyed but I missed the whole thing where Velma wanted to spice up her love life Oh and, really? Yeah, yeah. She maybe we were texting at this time, and that's why neither of us. I I looked up <laughs> and I see a Kama Sutra book, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So she wanted to spice up her love life. So yeah. yes, Poppy gives her a Kama Sutra book and um, herbal Viagra. I guess she said some yeah. kind of thing that's supposed to make him all excited. 
she's got her little business here, which is great, Mm -hmm. but the men are not so pleased. And this is one of my favorite things in the world when the five men in Riverdale, I guess, or Rivervale, right, bang down her door and are like, stay out of our love lives. And there are these two randos in there because it's Kevin, Reggie, and Jughead. And then there's two random guys in there. One of them looks like he's like 60. And then I don't even know what the other guy is, but we've never seen them before in our lives. And it's like, why are they here? I also thought too, like, how, if we're in Rivervale and we're in 1957, why wouldn't Archie be there as a character, like his ancestor? Yeah, well, I'm thinking that this must have to do with his paternity leave. Like, he, right? Like he, Kaja K- Appa is just not here, so right. They had they had to do this without him, which is I'm assuming why they had Jughead be Betty's husband, or sorry, Jack be Bitsy's husband. Right, and he also seems pretty abusive as well. So yeah, yeah, he's a thug, actually. There was a lot of man hate in this episode. And Mm -hmm. there's not a single decent man in this whole episode. They all suck. They're all all terrible. Kevin, Kirk, whatever. Yeah, Kirk Keller. (laughs) He, I mean, they're all terrible. And I guess that's the point, but I don't know. It just seemed a little heavy handed to be so anti-man. Right. But whatever. So... Anyway, they're all pissed off. They tell her to leave. We actually, I glazed over the whole um, kiss with Bitsy just because it doesn't really matter. (laughs) No, but I was just kind of like, okay, so she's a lesbian here too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole like, oh, okay. All the Blossom women are lesbians. How did we even? But I also was like, oh, Bitsy kind of likes it. Bitsy initiated kind of. She did. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that was a mutual moment there but it was pretty funny so the men tell her to leave she's like i'm not fucking leaving and then they decide that they'll just accuse her of being a commie sympathizer and arrest her and they throw her in jail that seems to be the only thing they wanted to get her like accuse her for like there's yeah. no other type of crime to put her in jail for or like no and they had no did. proof that she was a kind con- right. although you know maybe now she's rethinking the fact that her entire wardrobe is red <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> not such a good idea anymore yeah so she's in jail for a little while and then bitsy goes into labor and requests her presence she's there for the birth which was like this is like a whole like weird like this is why i'm like this story doesn't matter because the way that this ended was just kind of strange she's there for the birth of this baby which happens while the comet is passing overhead which the way the scene went it looked like the glowing was coming out of her vagina Well, like at- here's the thing like i kind of thought maybe the baby was like somebody we knew like somebody significant be- because the way that like the this baby is special because it was born under the comet and you know maybe from the comet or something and it, it was just made so much of and then we just don't like there's nothing there's nothing right. after that mm-hmm. so whatever and then they take her and they put her under house arrest at thornhill for the for uh you know an undefined period of time which she stays there until she becomes Cheryl which again confusing got words on that later so that's yeah. the 50s you got any uh, other did I miss anything did you want to dress anything no I think that covers the 50s yeah 
Yeah. Uh, I could have done without it. The wig. Uh, oh, horrible. The bangs. Those, all of them had weird bangs. <laughs> the bangs were not, not okay. And uh, none of the names were okay. So as no. long as we're all on the same page about that. So let's go back in time even further. Let's go way back. Get in our little time machine. Go all the way back to 1892. Cast of characters. You have Abigail, who is Cheryl. Thomasina, who is Tony. Mm-hmm. Ben, who is Fangs. <laughs> Constable Keller, who is Kevin. And I threw in James here as well, who is Jason, technically. Right. Also, whenever I hear the name Thomasina, so my mom was obsessed with this movie about a cat named Thomasina. Like, it's a Hmm. Disney movie. I think it's like the Three Lives of Thomasina or something. So every time I hear (laughs) Thomasina, I'm like, it's a little ginger kitty. Oh, my God. I think we had a case at work. The plaintiff's name was last name was Thomasina. Oh, last name. Okay. Yeah. And that's the only time I've ever heard it before. Mm. Thomasina. It's not a great name, I feel. No. It's better for a cat than a person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Take it away. Oh, okay. Um, so Abigail is, why am I lost? You may need to take <laughs> I this. I don't know. Okay. I got it. I got this. So Thomasina shows up at Abigail's finishing school for girls to be a teacher there. And at first they kind of butt heads over the type of material they want to teach. Abigail is very traditional, wants to stick to soup spoons and, you know, table manners and shit. And Thomasina is like, let's subvert the patriarchy and teach them (laughs) science. (laughs) Science is a big theme here. The men really don't want the women getting into science. Right. So eventually, and by eventually, I mean pretty quickly, Abigail gives in to Thomasina's suggestions about the curriculum. And then also they are immediately lesbian lovers. Yep. They bone immediately. Yep. They're right into that. And then one night, Constable Keller comes to the door looking for an escaped murderess and says it's Thomasina. Mm-hmm. Abigail says she's not here. Go away. We have the pox. Yes, have we the have bell. the pox here. You must leave. Cough, cough, cough. <laughs> I can't go out. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> Boo, you whore. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Okay. So uh, Thomasina then confesses that she was once married to a man who abused her. So she killed him. Abigail's like, oh, that's fine. You can stay with me. I'll protect you. And then that's all nice and lovely until a mysterious man named Fen Fogarty shows up on the doorstep claiming to have been a soldier with her brother, James. During the war, I feel like were they referring to the civil war here i think so because the civil war was like a while ago like that was like not the right time period it was way over by then what war was in 1892 i don't know hold on the johnson county war in wyoming i think that's it (laughs) oh maybe no the spanish american war maybe the great war of 1892 well what is that um (laughs) Okay, well, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because it was probably not one of the major wars that we're aware of. So it's some, it's a war. They said something about a Western front. I don't know. Anyway, 
we don't have to think about this for too long. So he reports that her brother died and his dying wish was that Abigail should marry his good buddy, Fen. And Abigail agrees immediately because, you know, James is her twin brother and she loves him. Also, Thomasina was very quick to jump down his throat. Like, how are you so close to him? <laughs> she sure was. And, you know, she says she has like a sixth sense about these things. And maybe it was because she ended up being a witch. But like, I don't know. She got that bad vibes off of him immediately. Maybe she just has like a general distrust of men after the incident with her husband. But yeah, she was real quick to be like, this guy is kind of sketchy. So she convinces Abigail to go with her and search through Fen's belongings for proof of his deception. And can we just say this fucking idiot walking around with his little practice forgery sheets? Yeah. His like 20 signatures that he practiced to make sure he could sign her brother's name properly. Like burn this shit after. Right, what do throw you it out. Like what do you need it for? You don't need those signatures. And then he has their like family seal that he used. I mean, I guess he could have kept that like for a reason, but then he also has all those death portraits which is like i mean that's like a classic serial i was about to say superhero that's not right it's a classic serial killer thing to carry trophies and stuff i just don't know how common it was back in those days to carry around death photographs like that feels like a larger investment of time you know like especially then like to the process develop a photo Yeah, the process of taking and developing a photo is so much longer. It's not like you could just snap it on your phone and then walk away. Like you're there for hours, probably. <laughs> like I'm about to age little... myself. Oh, okay. Please do. No, I was gonna say that they didn't have any camera clicks there. Camera clicks. There camera clicks. It was well, there was one by was by my house. It was a place to get like to develop your pictures, get like VHS converted into DVDs and all that. <laughs> yeah, it was called Camera Click. And that was oh. before like really Walgreens and CVS and all of them did that. So it was. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I always brought mine to like CVS and shit when I yeah. used to get film developed back in the day. But yeah, they did not have that in 1892 so I just think that was like sort of a weird thing but anyway he's carrying all this evidence on him like on his person which is just really dumb and he comes back from hunting of course he's got an axe in his hand and discovers them snooping through his shit yeah they weren't very discreet either no and Thomasina makes a really pitiful attempt to like throw herself in between them and protect Abigail but she only succeeds in like getting caught and then Fen is just like holding this axe to her throat like go into the town find a priest (laughs) so that we can marry tonight or I'll kill her and it's like fine okay so what's her face Abigail has to go into town to get the priest so they can be married properly that very night. And Fen's like, I'm going to lock her up in the chapel, you know, as insurance and whatnot. So the wedding ceremony takes place. It's a very hideous wedding dress with giant puffy sleeves. All the sleeves were so puffy in 1892. All the sleeves. Mm -hmm. You have like birds living in your shoulders, basically. Little habitats for them and it was so, like satin right like a yeah big, yeah poofy satin dress oh i read uh an interview with madeline pesh where she said that uh that was her least favorite costume it had so many layers and it was super heavy and it was really hot when they were filming so she was like Ugh. so anyway after they get married fans like come to bed time to you know consummate the marriage and Instead of coming to bed, Abigail brings an axe and like chops him up and somehow he survives. Right. And can I also just make a point? Yeah. 
He was wearing like regular boxer briefs and a wife beater in 1892. Right. I mean, it should have been like the the ruffled pants. Yeah, the long johns, the 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 pantaloons. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There there would have been a ton of buttons to undo. Like he just like yeah, or like laces. Yeah, probably laces. And also, like they were not super thick, like. Like he, you could see, like he had like a bulge at one point, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I'm a little distracted now because that's definitely his penis. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she hacks at him with an axe for a while, and like literally for some reason he doesn't die. Like I don't get that. She really no, went to town that. on him. He yeah. should have been dead. But he staggers into the chapel. Ah, fuck. Sorry. Salsa just. <laughs> Salsa just jumped off my lap, but she was tangled up in my headphones, so she yanked them out of my ears. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, while he is theoretically dying, Abigail runs off to the chapel to get Thomasina, who is already dead, kind of saw that coming, and now Fen, like, stumbles in there all bloody and shit, and this is, like, the only important part of the story, (laughs) casts a spell on her because he is a warlock, obviously. Obviously. So he casts a spell on her that she's going to lead a long, eternal life alone and sad and just fucking miserable. Miserable. Uh, And there's, like, no fanfare to it. Like, he just says this and then he dies. And then (laughs) (laughs) there's, like, no flash of... I mean, like, the comet did come through and there was, like, some flashlight. But it was, like, it was before he cast the spell. I don't know. I just kind of expected some, like, weird, ethereal, like, I don't know, shimmer around her to be like, ooh, you're immortal now. But there was none of that. She just... Or a magic poof or something. Yeah, yeah, like, something. But no, he just, like, he collapses on the floor and then she's like, oh, no, Thomasina. And then, like, falls down and is crying about her. Mm -hmm. So all of this is important. Because as we learn from Cheryl or the vessel that is Cheryl, she intends to conduct a transference spell with Sabrina. Mm -hmm. They need to transfer Nana Rose's soul into the Cheryl vessel so that the Abigail soul. Well, yeah, soul can go into Nana Rose. And then die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then die. So that's interesting. So I can give you. Yeah. Tell me what the official. Yeah. A little in depth. Sabrina explains to Britta that Nana Rose's body died, but not before they transferred her soul into Cheryl's body and vice versa. However, Cheryl to begin with was never real. Right. She's the vessel. Right. Both Cheryl and Poppy were merely personas created by Abigail to hide the fact that she had been cursed with immortality. But Abigail was forever haunted by the loss of her one true love, Thomasina. She wanted more than anything to be re- to be reunited with her. The only way to do that was to move her soul into a dying body, that being Nana Rose in this case. Rose now inhabits Cheryl's, in quotes, the young vessel. body and yeah <laughs> <laughs> you really like saying the vessel and abigail has moved on to a peaceful eternity in the sweet hereafter where she's reunited with thomasina whom she kisses and intends to spend eternity with sabrina and rose then reveal that both abigail and thomasina were witches but before explaining any further they decide to carry on the conversation down to pops over some milkshake 
Right. Which we then don't get to see. So like, thanks for that. Right. Okay. So now, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, I have tons of questions because I understand all of that. I understand like logistically what happened in that moment, but there are a lot of fucking things I don't get. So here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm so ready for this. Okay. So are we to believe that the vessel has looked the same for the last 200 years, that this is what Abigail looked like in 1892 and in 2022? I think so. I think that's what's supposed to. Okay. Assuming that that's true. How did mm-hmm. nobody fucking notice? First of all, was there literally the nobody same age person has lived right and all these years? She like she had to have had like other family. Like she wasn't the only person living in Thornhill for all that time. Especially when you got up to Cheryl's time period. How do you explain Cheryl and Jason being twins? They fucking grew up together, went to school. How did like her twin just suddenly appear? Like it, like she would have existed first. And then, like, how do you have Jason come in? I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Does she get, like, she was never a baby again. So, like. How did she even appear? How? Yeah. Like, and and how did she just integrate herself into the Blossom family that we know with Penelope and Clifford Blossom and Jason? Like, at some point, she just had to enter that family and be like, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm your daughter. I'm your twin sister. I know you've never seen me before, but like, here I am. And like, what? Yeah, that's super awkward. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that would even. And okay. And are we, it's okay. No, like, go ahead. Is this just Rivervale or is this going to cross over into Riverdale? Like, is that. Okay. So in, in that same interview, with Madeline Patch, I think this was on TV line, if I'm not mistaken. They did kind of ask her questions like, is anything going to, like any of this going to continue or whatever? And it's like, basically Madeline Patch said like, we shouldn't forget everything we've learned from this episode, but some of it is obviously not going to transfer. And she did okay. say something kind of cryptic that a character from Rivervale that's associated with Cheryl is going to carry over into Riverdale. And she wouldn't say who it was. So I don't know. I wonder if it's going to be because Abigail. Oops, excuse me. Right. Because, yeah, that's kind of like, I'm going to make a Marvel reference. Oh, dear. Like Wanda and the, um, oh, my God, what is her alter ego? Oh, the Scarlet Witch. But yeah, so that's what, like, I feel like it is, like, Wanda and the Scarlet Witch scenario. Like, it would be Abigail, Cheryl, you know, like, whatever, but... Yeah, well, Sabrina said that, like, Abigail's not dead because witches can't die. They just transform or something, which was just, like, such a really fucking annoying thing. It's it's the thing that bothers me about certain shows that use magic and stuff, because you can always kind of finagle your way out of these impossible situations or character deaths by like right. finding a loophole or creating a loophole because you can because you're already talking about things that are not of this world so in that way it could be really convenient for them to introduce abigail as a character in riverdale because right. she's not fully dead apparently so there's that but now in riverdale 
in the finale, was it the finale? Or it was close to the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Didn't Cheryl give us that whole backstory about her being burned at the stake and all this Yes. Shit? And I mentioned this too during the episode too. Like I was really stuck on this while the episode was happening. I'm like, um, she burned at the fucking stake. And- right. So what is this fucking story? Like it's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering, again, if, like, they can create their own loophole here and be, like, she faked her death or something along those lines. Mm. But also, that was a different time period because weren't our people there, weren't um, the ancestors of Betty, Archie, and Jughead, like, present at her burning? So So was that after? I don't know. (laughs) Right? Like, was that after? Was that after? It was probably after. I would think so. Because she was still running the school, but there was no Thomasina. I don't know. I don't know, Don. And I like don't really want to think about it for too long because True. I would rather just have the show tell me at this point. That's what, fair. What I need to remember and what needs to be uh, discussed. But I do. I mean, it should be addressed. I hope, like whether or not we're dealing now with Cheryl or with Roseanne, who I guess we have. To oh my God! Yes, Roseanne. Yeah, because she's she's fuck? not she's not a nana anymore because she's in the vessel of the younger you know human, so um, she's Roseanne now. So like, do we just have Roseanne forever and ever now? Because she acted very similar to Cheryl when she had like assumed her body, right? But like, she had been old and senile like five minutes ago. So she have like restorative brain transformation as well. Now she also feels like a, or thinks like a young person. Cause like, let's not forget, like Nana Rose was not a nice person. Like she was not a good person. She was like actively involved in the cover up of those blossom bastards who were killing people. And she like knew shit about that and just didn't tell anybody. So she's not great. (laughs) And yet now she's in like Cheryl's vessel and she's just like, she's like, I, I'm like, I got another shot at living my life. And it's like, but we don't want you. <laughs> like, I didn't sign up for this trade. Like I didn't, I never liked Cheryl, but I would rather have Cheryl in that body than Nana Rose. But it wasn't even Cheryl. Fine. Abigail. I'd rather have Abigail in that body. Abigail, Poppy, Cheryl. Abigail, the- Poppy seed. Abigail, Poppy seed. Why would you name your child Poppy Seed? Why would you, if you were going to create a persona for yourself, why would you give that your your name? Like, why would that be the name that you chose? (laughs) Right. Stupid. Stupid. So now that this transference occurred, I guess, does the vessel now age? Because clearly it was not aging before when Abigail inhabited it. So now is that going to age? But it doesn't matter. Uh, will we be in Riverville long enough to like really care about this? Because I'm assuming probably not. That once we get back to Riverdale, Cheryl's gonna be Cheryl, and there right. will be there will be no Nana Rose hanging out in the head. <laughs> right. Out the yes. But will Nana Rose still be dead in Riverdale? We don't know that either. We don't know that either. <sighs> Let's talk about what we do know. We do know that there's one episode left in this special Lord. five episode event. We know it's the 100th episode of Riverdale. And I will say. It looks chaotic as shit. Holy fuck. So I watched the promo about seven or eight times just to kind of understand. The flashes are so quick. I watched it. So quick. I watched it at quarter speed and I still couldn't see lots of stuff that was happening. So 
Jughead is doing most of the talking and says that he's been having these hallucinations. So I guess he's going to be our portal between Riverdale and Rivervale, not Archie, as we had initially discussed. Right, right. So, but I don't know why he's having these hallucinations. Like, we don't get an explanation for that. And we don't know if now we're straddling this line, I guess, between Riverdale and Rivervale. So... Like, will we get resolution now on the bomb under the bed? Because, like, we can't go back to Riverdale without addressing that. <laughs> right, right. So well, we the have name to talk the, about that. Sorry. The name ahead. of the episode is called The Jughead Paradox. Mm-hmm. And the description they're giving is, unnerved by the mysterious and bloody events occurring around him, Jughead sets out on a quest to discover the wicked truth about Riverdale. A quest? Oh, gross. Okay, well, bloody events. Well... <laughs> So is it Jughead in Rivervale being like, something's wrong, we should all be in Riverdale? Or is it Jughead in Riverdale being like, something's wrong, we should be in Rivervale? Like, where I, is I think the anchor? The first one. I think the first one. Okay. It's Jughead in Rivervale being like, this is not this what it should be. doesn't feel right. Right. Well, so it looks like um, KJ App is back for this episode, which mm-hmm. they, they couldn't have a hundredth episode without Archie in it. So no. he's, he's going to be in it couple interesting things that happen with him so it looks like betty and archie are engaged or at least like on the they're at their engagement party on the the road that's what it looks like yes and later on betty looks like she's in a wedding dress but she looks like she's kissing jughead or somebody else it's it's not archie darker hair yeah it's not archie i couldn't really identify if it was jughead or not it sort of looked like him but like i couldn't tell and then there was another scene where archie like lunges out of the dark and tackles somebody to the floor and like starts punching them and i think typical archie fashion of course yeah so i think that was jughead that he was beating the shit out of and like maybe those events are connected if like there was a kiss and then we have i'm trying to think of what else i saw in that the black hood was it or was it the tb it was not tbk it was definitely the black hood it didn't look like the black hood though i don't like it it was more of like a bigger like weird like the eye holes were super small they were and it like and it looked more of like a balloon shape than the ski mask of the black hood it was definitely not a trash bag. Like, I, I feel confident saying that. Well, I the trash bag killer that we saw. Yeah, no, I, it still wasn't that, though. It wasn't. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I feel pretty confident saying that. But, like, I don't know. Maybe if you watched it again and show me what you're saying. But, like, it, right. looks, like a, it looks like a ski mask to me. And, yes, the eye holes are really small. And the build doesn't look right for Hal Cooper. So, like, maybe it's somebody else. Like, I mean, again, this is River Vale. So, like, we have no idea. Like, that could just be some right. really weird. And there's a point where it looks like somebody's getting strangled. It's either Alice or Betty. And I couldn't tell. It happened so quickly and they look so similar that right. I, I had a really hard time deciding if it was Alice or Betty. So if it was Alice, maybe there is some sort of like confrontation of her past with Hal or, you know, something along those That's lines. That's true. So I don't know. It's really hard to predict anything. Right it now. is. And like, and, th- and like we were saying, this promo was really really like flashes and Mm -hmm. so quick and when i am watching it at a quarter speed and i still can't tell what the fuck is happening then you know that it's it's all happening way too fast yeah so uh i'm sort of excited for it though because it does feel like 
our bridge back to yes Riverdale and that, I'm just that so I excited kind of, to get there <laughs> yeah no it just felt like old times like yeah it's, it seemed like we were sort of getting back to what we're used to I think Reggie and Veronica were like dancing in that one scene there was like a they don't they didn't show them from yes. the neck up which was kind of weird so maybe it wasn't them but that's who I assumed it was because I it looked right. like a very Veronica dress <laughs> So, I don't know. We'll see. We will find out. And then after that, like hiatus, hiatus until March. So we'll have a lot of time to recover from this. I will need, I will need that time to forgive myself, forgive the show, forgive Roberto. Like I need that space because yeah, we need to um, get back our lens. So a lot to look forward to, I think. And if we can just get through this, we'll come out on the other side and, and be stronger and better for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So until then, that's Endgame. Game.